podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, the first one of the 2022-23 campaign. My name is Will Pugh. I'm joined as ever by my very good pal and colleague, business partner and all-round West Ham fan, father and media magnate extraordinaire. It's James Jones. Jonesy, what a pleasure to see you again, mate. You've got an absolutely outstanding tan. It's been I don't know how many weeks since we last did a podcast together. Now, I haven't seen you for a while either. You're looking healthy as I've ever seen you. The uh, the sun-kissed glow is doing you absolutely tons of favours. The little claret t-shirt you've got on, the natural light from the window of your flat, it's absolutely amazing, mate, and uh, I'm so glad to be back. It's good to see your face, mate, and um, that's probably the best intro you've ever given me, to be fair. <laughs> it's quite been a while, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. You missed me that much, did you? Yeah, when we get to the end of the season, I've been staring at you for 48 <laughs> weeks running or whatever. I'm like, get this face off my screen. <laughs> Absence makes a heart grow fonder and all that, mate, I think is uh, yeah. how they put it. Have you, have you been? You look good. Um, we'll get onto West Ham in a minute, of course. But um, yeah, no one's heard from us for a while. We, of course, have been in um, brief contact. But uh, yeah, what's been going on? How you been? Uh, talk to me. I mean, it's been a, been a pretty good summer, to be fair. Um, been on a stag do. Uh, it was my birthday on the weekend just before. Not my stag do, but another right. stag do. Uh, I was just telling you before we went live that I ended up with uh, third degree burns on my legs for falling asleep mm. in the sun. Um, so that was uh, interesting. Uh, been to Ireland for a wedding. Um, my birthday weekend just gone. Turned the ripe old age of 34. Mate, uh, so getting on a little bit now. Getting on a little bit. But yeah, other than that, it's been... It's been what five, six weeks of just work. Work's busy because it's the mm. transfer we know. Just, just, just yeah, just life, just living the dream. What about you, mate? It's good to see your face. Yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, it's a bit strange. It, I, I don't know about you, and I don't, uh, but I sort of flip between because as soon as the season finishes, I, <clears throat> I'm always just like relieved. I'm like, because oh, obviously we both do it for work as well. It's like, oh, I need a bit of a break from footy. Um, and to be honest, this summer, the, with the season swinging back round again, I'm of that opinion where like a little bit of me is looking forward to it coming back. But I'm also like, I kind of don't want to let go of last season because mm. if we're gonna if we're gonna be rubbish and average again, as we have been most of my life, um, <laughs> I almost don't want to let go of. The twenty, the twenty one, twenty two campaign. Do you know what I mean? Like that was so amazing, and it's almost like once we start, once we get hammered six nil on the opening day, Erling Haaland double hat trick. Um, it's all like, oh, oh, that, that's all over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think is I've been enjoying the no football. To be honest, I went to Wimbledon a few weeks ago for the first time ever. Um. And that cemented uh, tennis's place as one of my or my least favourite mainstream sport. Um, it was a sort of it was battling it out with cricket 
before, but a uh, few of the test cricket matches this summer, I proper like it. Tennis, not the one. You see, I've, I see, I've had you down. I, I saw your um your Instagram when you were at Wimbledon. I just, I just naturally look at you and go, tennis fan. <laughs> you, yeah, particularly obviously you're wearing your you're wearing your shirt and your shorts and your yeah yeah yeah. And oh, you're, no, you're, you're looking very you're work. looking very preppy tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised Will's a tennis fan, but it surprises me that you're not. I mean, I'm a big tennis fan, but Are you? yeah, love it, absolutely love it. So, so we're like sort of we, we've almost got it a bit arse about face here, haven't you? Because I'm a big tennis fan. <clears throat> sorry, I'm a big tennis fan, fashion fan. Right. Uh, or uh, the the look. I mean, I blended right in, getting ready for Wimbledon. I was in my element. Um, yeah. Got the green, yeah. the green and white pinstripe shirt on. Uh, the stone linen trousers and the brown boat shoes. It was mm. it was a dream. Got the Ray Bans on, slicked the hair back a bit. Like, this, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Bit yeah. of strawberries and cream. This is what I'm made for. Um, the only problem is when I got there, although I blended in just fine, I did have to then watch tennis, which was a little bit of a drawback. Um, the highlight of the day. I did go on a more quiet day, to be fair. Uh, just got ground passes, didn't go into centre court, court one or anything like that. We did try to blag our way in, but it turns out there are people checking tickets, unlike mm. what I've been told before. But um, yeah, the highlight after watching some actually people playing tennis properly was a mixed doubles seniors exhibition event. Goran Ivanisevic um, and Marion Bartoli. Uh, against Mary Pierce and a Serbian guy whose name I can't pronounce, but who was in Novak Djokovic's box for the final. So I think he's quite famous. Um, and doing an exhibition whereby they're playing doubles like normal. Then people start jumping over the net. Two or three balls come out. The oversized balls come out. And I was like, this is more like it. Giving each other lair, talking to the crowd. It was more like the theatre. Um, and that was the highlight of my day, really. Tennis played properly, not the one. Um, other than that, mate, I'll be honest, I did sort of follow West Ham all um, all around Europe at the beginning of the year. Did sort of burn me out both energy-wise and financial-wise. Um, so I haven't had anything too mad going on so far this summer. Just sort of little days out here and there. Um, a few different bits and pieces. Seeing some friends, birthdays and, and what have you. Um so yeah, just before you know it, you blink and the footy season's nearly swinging back yeah. around again. Coming around quickly, isn't it? Mm. Um, third degree burn sounds absolutely awful, mate. As a sun sunburn fan, uh, as I am, I'm big on the sunburn hype most times. Uh, the the more haggard it's making me, though, the more inclined I am to wear sun cream in my older age. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd it, talk me through that story just briefly before we move on. Well. To cut a long story short, and this is a lesson to anyone listening that has got a stag do coming up uh, mm. in a hot country, is um, if you have the choice to, if you need to sleep, and the choice is some bed by the pool or hotel room, always mm. choose the hotel room. <laughs> um, I, I, I had arrived about eight, eight or nine hours after everyone else on this stag do. So by the time I got there, they were by the pool at the bar. Absolutely smashed and I thought I've got some catching up to do here because I travelled out on my own um, so I went hard that first night no one went to sleep we then by the pool bar the following morning at about 8 or 9 o'clock so wait for it to, wait for it to open I said well why we, why open why we wait for it to open I'm going to go and sit on that sunbed which is in the shade mm. and I might see if I can get an hour's kip or something just chill out for a little bit 
Um, about four or five hours later, I'll wake up in the sun by this point because you also need to remember that the sun moves as the day, mm, the hours tick by, the sun goes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, and I woke up in the sun, and the moment my eyes opened, I knew straight away my legs were in the sun. The top half of my body was still in the shade. And uh, I knew straight away that uh, the stag do was going to be significantly different to the one that I had initially thought it would, would go down. And I then couldn't walk for about 24, 36 hours. Barely. Third degree burns, mate. That is... Uh, it, Jesus. The, 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 they just got redder and redder and redder, and they got they started swelling up a lot. And um, Where I had one leg resting over the other, half of one leg was burnt and absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture after, but it was Probably so like sick. the old Blackburn Rovers away kit, red a on little one bit, side, yeah, white on the other, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, to the point where it was so, so significant the, the contrast mm. that I got talking to someone on our last day by the pool, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, I saw you walk past me yesterday." She said, "I thought it was just a birthmark," and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, it's like serious Full leg of your leg." Um, she was like, "Oh, just it just looked so pronounced. I thought it was a birthmark." So, um, yeah. I managed to get home okay after spending four days in the shade in the end um, mm. and then got home and then had about a week to 10 days of it all just my, my legs just peeling. I was like a snake. You know, <laughs> just shedding um, layers. Just shedding skin. You know, some skin, some bits of skin I was pinning off my leg were a good two or three inches long. Um, yeah, pretty grim to be fair. That, is, that is a bit Brit abroad stuff. Brits abroad there though, mate, isn't it? Yeah, I mean? and the worst thing is, is it's the second time I've done it. <laughs> the first time I did it was about eight years ago on the day before I planned to propose to Lucy in Spain. Quality, so you got to get down on one knee the day I, after. Yeah. The following morning, I did. I fell asleep in the sun. Um, following morning, on the day I knew I was going to do it, she was still asleep. I was practicing the best way of getting down on one knee without it hurting so much in the mirror. <laughs> Uh, and I'm looking at myself going, you're such an idiot. Why have you done this? <laughs> all the days. Um, and then when I finally got around to doing it that evening, she had to help me back up. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, you think I would have learned the first time. Eight years later, I did it again. So, mm. yeah. Here you go. Just eight-year cycle. Fair enough, mate. Can you just remind me the things you said um, uh, when I said what you've been up to, can you just remind me of the things you said other than the stag do? Because I had a really engaging question on one of the others, but it's completely slipped my mind. You um, said about the wedding in Ireland. Wedding in Ireland. Um, birthday at the weekend. That was it. That was it. Jonesy, yeah. of course, your birthday. How could I forget that? So um, don't worry, anyone listening, I haven't been completely inconsiderate. Uh, this isn't the first time I spoke to Jonesy. You sent him a... Uh, wonderful and dear and charming little uh, musical voice note you got on your birthday, Jonesy. Yeah. Um, but I did sort of feel the need not to kick you while you're trying to celebrate, but to ask uh, the question all of the all of the, the listeners would have been asking, especially those who follow you on Twitter. Um, are you really only 34? <laughs> Amazing, <but> yes. <laughs> I, I thought you were like considerably older than me, and it turns out, you're three and a half years after than me. Yeah, no, so much so. And a massive ego boost. I was in the pub on Saturday night on my actual birthday. Yeah. And um, the, the bar lady, uh, she joked with me and said, oh, over 18, are you? As a, as a joke. Mm. And I was like, well, I'll have you know, it's actually my 34th birthday today. And mm. her exact words were, absolutely not. You don't look a day over, t- day over 27. 
And I was like, thank you very much. And she was being oh. completely serious. She went, I am absolutely shocked <laughs> that you're 34. And I was like, I'm coming here again, 100%. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, although your use of absolutely not there, uh, that that was my exact reaction to that story. By the way, just didn't. If you follow that Twitter account, uh, did not happen of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most annoying thing is by that time, about half an hour, twenty minutes earlier, Lucy decided to take Harrison home, so yeah. I was there on my own. Um, mm, so no one I mean, not, even Lucy looked at me and went. Really, and I was like, well, "Next time we're there, I'm going to ask the barmaid to, to yeah. relay it." Were you waiting for anyone else? If yeah, I was waiting for my neighbour. Bit... Oh right, okay. Because yeah. it feels a little bit unbelievable that your wife and son were just abandoning the pub on your own on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they went to Harrison had to go to bed, and um, yeah. my neighbour was like, oh, "I'll pop up in a bit." So um, I thought oh, I might as well hang about it. And um, the barmaid gave me a massive ego boost. So, days, so what did you do? What did you do for your birthday then? Any elaborate celebrations or no? Just um, pretty chilled. Took Harrison to the park on Saturday. Enjoyed the sun. Yeah. Uh, went out to the pub in the evening. And yesterday had a barbecue with the family. So yeah, lovely, lovely stuff. Well, happy birthday for the Thank other you. day, Jonesy. Um, yeah, I'd, just, I'd nice having a little catch up. Um, I suppose we better talk about West Ham. This is what we're yeah. here for. Uh, just to let everyone know as well that the podcast this season, me and Joseph obviously have been chatting over the summer um, and there'll be a couple of little changes, nothing too huge, of course, but we've had a, had a chat about a few things and uh, we've made the decision primarily um, to, first of all, to streamline the pod. Uh, believe it or not, we always have had a running order and uh, and a rough structure to what we try and do on this podcast. But as Jonesy uh, quite appropriately pointed out to me on the phone the other day at the AGM, the We Are West Ham uh, annual general meeting, consisting just of a phone call between me and Jonesy, no swanky elaborate boardrooms or anything like that, um, that some of the, you know, sometimes some of the reaction pieces we do take on going to 45 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um, and both Jonesy and I, I got a new job in January, which has made our schedules um, a lot more difficult to to tally up with each other, and so we can do the do the pod. Uh, I'm working a lot of nights. Jonesy works days, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, which just makes it very, very awkward. So we do need to be a bit more strict on the length. So you should get used to um, listening to podcasts this season, where hopefully Jonesy we're targeting around this sort of hour mark, rather than some of them which uh, which balloon into two hours plus. Obviously, when we do that as well as the actual recording, the, the prep and the editing and all that sort of stuff for episodes of that length. Uh, takes a big old chunk out of our week. So we have had to streamline. We're in discussion still with a couple of um, our partners, as both the sponsors and Betway, uh, who we've had the fantastic charity bet um, scheme with the last couple of years, raise another a great amount of money through that last year. Um, so they may not, those things may not be in place for the very first game of the season. They may be, um, but yeah, those, those things might may change in the first couple of weeks. And we have had to make the tough decision, Jonesy, haven't we? To um, we're going to drop the the West Ham women section. Unfortunately, as we said, we did have to streamline it somewhere. We didn't want to have to drop the charity bets because we've, we've obviously raised so much money through that. This is primarily. Um, a podcast uh, surrounding West Ham United as a football club, but obviously primarily the men's team. So with another season of European football, most weeks or often it's going to be 
two sections of reviewing the games that have gone before uh, and often two opposition view preview sections as well. Um, so we were trying to streamline somewhat. Unfortunately, we had to cut somewhere. And if we look through our listening figures and, and the stats and the data that we get for um, you know, the, 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 the sections of the podcast people listen to the most, the YouTube channel data, et cetera, et cetera, where there wasn't a huge appetite um, for that. So we have had to make that tough decision. So very sorry if um, you tune into the, uh, the West End women's section, but that will not be here for the upcoming season. And there may be a couple of other little tweaks um, in the future. And hopefully you'll hear me and Josie talking a bit tighter. And on that note, I'm already one minute and 18 seconds over my allotted time for this introduction so in the uh yeah in the interests of of this new leaf of tight talking that me and jonesy have turned over uh, that's all for the intro and mine and jonesy's little catch up and we'll have a look back at some of the preseason friendlies next so jonesy one thing you didn't mention in your recap of your summer was your trip to your local team, Boreham Wood, to watch a West Ham United 11 visit. Um, we split the team that day, I believe. Um, one team went to Ipswich, one team to Boreham Wood. You popped along, managed to get yourself a ticket somehow. Um, yeah, talk me through it. Yeah, first of all, it's very weird um, seeing a load of West Ham fans just sort of moping about Boreham Wood. So I felt more at home than I ever have done, um, which was nice. But quite disappointed in the squad that went there. We had Lanzini and Ben Rama. Ogbonna uh, came off the bench in the second half, but most most of it was just youngsters. Um, and I was hoping for for a few for a few more first team players. Declan Rice was in the crowd. Um, he I saw I saw him being chased away at half time by a load of adoring fans. <laughs> Screaming deck, and he's he's running away with all his security card, uh, his security team into the car. But um, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, really? he, was signing, he was signing autographs. He must yeah. have, he must have needed to shoot off quickly, right? And was do, running back to the car. But um, obviously, as he's running away, I walked out the bar area, get my halftime mm. pint, and all I hear is like screaming kids, at him, kids, kids screaming deck, and I was like, oh, Declan Rice is about, and then saw him running, and then like, loads of kids running after him with his security guys <laughs> running after him. Um, but then there were pictures that emerged that he was signing autographs just before. So, um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was quite a good game of football. Um, difficult to really gauge where we we're at when it's half the when the majority of being the youth team. But within five minutes, you could see the the gulf in in quality when Lanzini and Ben Rama uh, linked up in midfield, and they were like just you could tell straight away they were Premier League players. You, you really mm. up close to the pitch there as well. Um, and they were literally running rings around all sorts of Boromwa players. It was, you know, <clears> Ben <throat> Ryan was nutmegging blokes and, and all sorts. And um, But yeah, it was a good Still game. It only one all, wasn't it? Yeah, it ended one all. They scored a late a late equaliser. Um, ben Ryan has got a free kick right in front of us, which is good. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, obviously, I mean, I've, I've, I say it every year, but we, we can't. The results aren't a thing in pre-season, where they shouldn't be a thing. Um fans get way too carried away with form and results in pre-season. Um, it's literally about tactics. It's literally mm. about fitness. But that game in particular just didn't really feel like it was anything at all other than let's go and play Bromwood. Really? It, it was like you, had, you had four first-team players in the squad who 
would have been annoyed that they weren't over at Ipswich. Like if I was Ben Rama and Lantini, they'd be like, hang on, what 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 am I doing here? Why am I Why why? Well, because the rest of the first team Scott over there, they've been piled in with the kids to go and play non league boring wood. Hmm. And it just felt like it was just it was a game for the for the sake of having a game of football rather than a, a, a productive pre season friendly. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah, it, I, well, it, I don't know why they'd arrange it, but four first team players, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with with a load of, I mean, Elise played, and then what? Three days later, he was sold to Sunderland. What's <laughs> yeah. the point of that? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I thought, oh, maybe some of these youngsters, you know, they might have, they might get first team chance. Um, and that's why they're kind of, you know, they're being used in this in this particular way. But in the end, one gets sold three days later, and uh, the others have featured since. But it just felt like, mm, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, good good little run out for for the boys. Mm. Saying, but yeah. yeah, well, that 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 game um, came after a two nil away win uh, at Servette. Um, yeah, the one all draw of Borenwood on the same day we beat Ipswich away. 2-1 before a one-all draw away at Reading, a 3-1 Tonking at Rangers, uh, a one-all draw on Saturday to Luton, uh, going ahead, threw away the lead in the last minute. Um, and then we play Long, or Lons, Lens, Lons, um, on Saturday, this Saturday coming. Um, Josie, oh, oh, I'll be honest, and I've said this to you before on a few issues, and I know it doesn't help, um, the fact that uh, I host the West Ham podcast with you, a very well listened to, very well liked, very well supported West Ham podcast with you. It's not always a great thing when I struggle to get excited about certain bits of supporting um, West Ham. Pre-season is one of them. I really like, I'm in a couple of West Ham group chats. Uh, one very, very active one from my hometown of Southwood and Ferrers. And, Honestly, they're, I've basically muted it for the summer because I just don't, I'm just, especially the friendlies, everyone's the other day on there going, oh God, when we conceded a last minute go away to Luton to draw. And I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. All yeah. I want, like you said, no injuries to big players. That's important. Other than that, I really don't care <laughs> what happens. And I've said this season upon season, and I've got grief about it. I've been saying it since the Love Sport Radio days. I don't care what happens in pre-season at mm. all, as long as none of our big players get injured and they are fit enough to start the Premier League season when it will start mattering. Yeah, like, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm exactly the same. Like, I got an notification on on Saturday when Luton get that last-minute equaliser. And any, if, that's a, if that's a league game, that ruins my weekend. Probably my week, right? What on earth are you doing? You can't beat Luton more than you know, like you, you'd conceding that against Luton Town full team. <laughs> yeah, but it literally flashed off my phone while I'm in the pub. I looked at it and I kind of just went, ah, ah whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, to the bar. Yeah. Right, that training game is finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I literally, don't care what the result is. <laughs> yeah. All I care about is injury injuries. No, brilliant. That's a bonus, and you know the team are kind of getting fitter again and, and match yeah, fit yeah, ready yeah. for the first game of the season. The result, like, if if I could have it my way, scrap score lines. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't do report tra- the score. Drills. Don't report the score line. Just, just go, oh, West Ham played Luton in a friendly <laughs> game. <laughs> there were some goals. There were some goals, but we won't passes. tell you. 
just in case you get upset for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like, just forget yeah. about the scoreline and just worry about yeah. the fact that the players have come through unscathed. And, um, yeah. yeah. They should do that, didn't they? Instead of like, it was West uh, Luton one, West Ham one, just do like an injury scoreline. So, yeah. uh, and fans of both teams will be delighted to hear it was nil-nil at Kenilworth Road today. Uh, there were some goals scored, but on injuries, uh, it was it was nil apiece. So, uh, yeah, delightful stuff. Both fans will be absolutely <laughs> buzzing with that nil-nil. Yeah. Um, and they move on to the next pre-season, hoping for more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, so, have you have you watched, uh, have you sort of been keeping an eye on on the games? We played Rangers the other day. I've seen a few fans up there for, for that one. Um, have you sort of keeping an eye on watching a few bits? I've watched bits of the first one against Servette. Um, mm. Maybe sort of, maybe an hour's worth of that um, on a stream, uh, and then I watched the first half of the Rangers game. The good half, um, mm. but even then, like still the goals going. I think they were three 0 up within the hour after it was nearly about half time, and then Rangers scored three quick goals. And so, don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I go on Twitter. I go on Twitter, and there's people in meltdown. Absolute meltdown. Oh, no. oh, it's a disgrace. Oh, we need to buy more players. It's so clear that we're... Well, that is true, but yeah. I mean, it's true, but come on. But like, I still don't give a stuff. Like, Rangers, I think, are 10 days ahead of us in, in their pre-season preparations. The season starts a week before ours. Right. So, of course, they're a little bit fitter, a little bit more prepared. Um, and all of our best players got given what, two weeks extra off. So, they're only mm. just getting back to full fitness. So, of course, it's not going to be perfect. Oh, no. Relax, chill out. Um, the, the best <laughs> thing do about, something else for yeah, the summer. Yeah, the best yeah. thing about that game um, was... Don't go and watch tennis, though. Sorry. Yeah. The best thing about that series. game was, was just the you know, the way that the Rangers and West Ham fans came together. I've seen a lot of video videos mm. of you know, everyone kind of mingling and Rangers fans singing bubbles and West Ham fans getting involved with, with their songs. And my brother was up there um, and he said, yeah, it was like, there was, it was like no home or away like divide obviously there was in the stadium but like in and around the stadium in the pubs it was just everyone was welcome and everyone was having a great time and um i thought that was quite nice was can quite you nice. Are you been at the europa league final if we'd have what yeah. hundred thousand rangers and west ham fans in seville it would have been so good can you can you shine any light on that on that sort of bromance i understand the manchester city one um I'm sort of a bit wary if it's a I don't know alliance or anything like that, but um, it probably I'm not is really sure. I don't know where that has borne out of. No, I don't know. Um, I, I wonder whether Rangers fans were because there was a lot of West Ham fans with accommodation and and flights to to Seville True. for the final. You included? I, was one of them. I was one of them yeah. and sold sold my my hotel room to a Rangers fan uh, at face value. Wasn't interested in making a profit, no. um, and he was incredibly thankful. He was like, I want to take you to a game at, um, at Ibrox next season to say thanks because you could have fleeced me there and you didn't. Mm. I saw a lot of that going on is that West Ham fans, they weren't, you know, we weren't trying to, you know, make No, 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 sure, things. yeah. So maybe there was a lot of kind of, respect. a lot of mutual respect as well from from the Rangers fans that kind of, you know, respected a lot of West Ham fans for going and sorting them out for, for the final. Yeah, but, potentially. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Well, look, I mean, it seems to have been a, a reasonable pre-season campaign so far uh yeah wraps up with this away game at Lons Lens Lons Lons on Saturday um the Jonesy the, the season kicks off the week after that against Manchester City on a scale of 
zero to zero out of ten. Uh, how surprised were you that we drew um, last season's champions on the opening day? Just a break um, and flipping after we had one year off. Uh, that now makes it what, seven, seven in the last eight years that yeah. we've had a top six side on the opening day of the season. Gave us a break with Newcastle last year and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, down doing well and kicking off the season well. Look, they flapping got into Europe. Have I got that wrong? No, no, that was right. That was right. Yeah, right. Newcastle. Yeah. It was Newcastle we beat, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, um, absolutely not surprised whatsoever, mate, if I'm honest. No, no, of course not. It's absolutely pathetic. It flashes up on your phone. You're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, we're at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only surprise, really. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, let's go watch us. Yeah. Um, yeah, travesty, mate. So stay with us. A little bit of transfer chat. Lol. Next. Transfers, James Jones. Transfers, transfers, transfers. Uh, another part of the West Ham supporting experience that I'm certainly not alone um, in absolutely hating. Uh, I'm not a fan of transfer windows anyway. Um, every time it swings around again, it, it confuses and baffles me, the amount of football fans, not just West Ham fans, but football fans as a whole, who absolutely hoover up transfer stories. Uh, and transfer rumours and transfer news, blah, blah, blah. More so, it seems often, that the actual games of football that these signings end up playing or not playing or whatever mm. for the clubs that they're rumoured to to be moving to, blah, blah, blah. My stance has always been, and I'm aware I'm sounding a bit bar humbug on this show today, but I don't like pre-season and I don't like transfers. Give me the Premier League and the Europa League and winning games of football that matter any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I actually like and that's why I like support my stand. Um, but yeah, transfer-wise, um, it just it just confuses me, quite honestly, that people get so pent up with, with who their teams might sign. My stance, as you know, has always been when the player has signed for West Ham and I can see the picture of him holding up the shirt, and he's telling uh, the so he's looking down the camera of someone on the West Ham social media team and going, "Oh come on, Irons," or whatever <laughs> it is, or saying that he's always loved bubbles and it's been a lifelong dream to blow bubbles at London Upton Park Stadium or whatever it is. Um, you know, then I'll do a bit of reading up and I'll get a bit interested, but especially supported West Ham. I've got absolutely zero appetite and interest or energy to listen to all these sort of half-baked rumours all the time. It's just stressful, mate. Like I say, I mentioned that group chat and I've muted it. So I go in at the end of the day, more so just to clear the notifications and anything rather than actually read the messages. And these are like normal, salient, normal blokes, mates of mine, friends of us who grew up in the same environment as, absolutely losing the plot because they've read a half-baked transfer room at West Ham aren't willing to pay, da-da-da. And then it's like a big meltdown about how much they hate David Sullivan and blah, blah, blah. And oh, I know there's there's sort of legs in some of those feelings, but like, they're just from like, you know, um, random little fifth spotty 16-year-old kids on, on Twitter who will tweet something about West Ham refusing to pay the wages for Lingard or whatever. Like zero substance to it or whatever. There's people having an absolute breakdown about it. Um, 
so that is my stuff. I know you're a bit more into it than me. Uh, West Ham's transfer window so far. Um, arrivals, Nea Fagued, Flynn Downs, Alphonse Areola uh, on a permanent deal. Uh, Nathan Trotz also returns from loan and signs a new deal as well, a goalkeeper. Uh, departures, Andre Yarmolenko went, obviously, as is Ryan Fredericks. Mark Noble retired. David Martin released. Uh, and Alex Kral, your curly-haired mate, um, back to Spartak Moscow uh, when his loan finished. One of the weirdest loans the world's ever seen. So, thoughts, Jonesy, on transfers in general, West Ham's window so far, um, and then we'll move on in a minute. Against my better judgment um, about who we might sign before the end of the window. Well, first off, I'll say I do kind of agree. I've, I've always kind of agreed with you in terms of uh, the transfer window is one of the the most painful periods of any West Ham fans' season, um, any normal West Ham fan season, because. <laughs> 99% of transfer rumours are complete and utter made-up rubbish anyway. Right? But people need to understand that. You know, that you, you see fans go, oh, we've been linked with everyone, but we're not signing anyone. It's like, you do realise that the club's probably not interested in most of those players that we've been linked mm. with in the media. Yeah. Like, those, those names are not on the shortlist. And you know what, mate? One so thing I will say... You can't blame the club for not signing a player that the media said that they're interested in when they're not actually interested yeah. in them. And you've got to remember that... that. Even if the story does come from somewhere, um, like you know, just, there are lots of legitimate, more mainstream journalists or whatever who report this news. And a lot of the time, um, sort of being a little bit closer, a lot of the time, its agents will feed stories to journalists and say, "So and so have been in touch. So and so looking at looking at my client here." And the journalist will publish a story, and. It could just be a ploy from from the agent. Obviously, the better journalists get uh, get more of an idea on, um, you know, what's what sources are legit and and what stories are legit and the ones they run, blah blah blah. Um, that's why you've got there, there are journals that that fans follow more so for reliable transfer news because they're better connected and they're a better judge of of their sources. But um, yeah, so a lot of the t- it. it it's, even if it's not made up, it might have come from somewhere, but it might have just come from agents or or mm. clubs trying to put a line out. Or you know, we've we've obviously had it before, haven't we? With, with yeah. David Sullivan and stuff, doing interviews of himself or leaking things to Jim White to talk sport. Oh yeah, we've had an X million pound rejected for this player, which ends up making us look silly. But carry on, James. Sorry. No, I I, I think it's it's more pronounced this this summer, particularly on social media, because of just the sheer desperation of West Ham and David Moyes adding players to the squad. We're not going to talk about you know in too much depth, but we all know how, how much squad depth cost us last season, top six yeah. and probably the final, if not the Europa League trophy. Um, yeah. We've spoken about that a lot in the past. but so The season, end of season review, we looked into it, didn't we? We didn't yeah. win a game after that. Uh, or barely won a game or whatever after on that one Leon, after Leon. yeah something like that so like, it was clear that that was an issue um, we played for 57 games last season hmm. we could play the same amount of games this coming season Hopefully, some players yeah. will play more if they go to the World Cup you know you're looking at 65 potential 65 fixtures um, for some of the players in the squad so we need depth 
So we need to buy players. It's, yes, we need a striker. So you can understand the, some fans getting a little bit worried about, you know, we're two, less than two weeks before City at home. I've got a striker yet. Um, probably need a left back. So there's things to be done. Everyone knows Three that. Weeks. But you, you, you go you go on social media and there's fans literally like if you were in the same room as them, you'd be you'd be worried about their, their mental health and like you'd be yeah. like, You're okay, you need to you need to calm down. People like slagging the club off like it was like mid middle of June and you had fans accusing the club of lacking ambition. Do you remember that we were chatting? I think it was the end of last season. Tweets going out before the transfer window had opened. Yeah, yeah. That's like the club off for not having yeah. signed anyone. This is the problem: is that this when the whole Lingard thing blew up and you know, one, I think it was last Wednesday, he was expected that he'd be a West Ham player by Friday. I'd spoken to a couple of couple of guys who were like, "It's done. He's picked West Ham." Forrest come out of nowhere and take him because he wants an extra fifty grand a week or whatever it was. Don't blame him for that, by the way. Um, so he's gone there, and uh, you've suddenly got a load of fans going, "Oh, you know, this is ridiculous. We desperately need players. Uh, why have we taken so long to try and sign him when we could have? You know, start, like, it's just such a silly thing for West Ham to do." Obviously, a lot of people are in a puppet Lingard at the same time. But then this morning, I've gone onto it and I've seen fans go. Apparently, we're about to sign Gianluca Scamacca from Sassuolo. Um, apparently, he's flying into London today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure um, is. um potentially still interested Broja, Onana. There's so many players that West Ham are on the verge of signing at some point before next Sunday. Mm. And uh, then on the back of all these like rumours that like, things deals are close, deals are close. You've literally got fans going, "This is ambition. This is the ambition that we were looking for." It's like less than a week ago, you were slagging the club off. <laughs> And I imagine if we spent 110 million on these three players, it's like we're not spending 110 million pounds on three players for a start. Ain't gonna happen. Not happening. No. Um, but then just chill out, relax, relax. <laughs> what will be will be when the, when the end of the transfer window comes around on the first of September. Was it 11 p.m. or whatever it is? If we aren't ready to play 50 fixtures mm. comfortably on the 1st of September at 11pm or 5pm, whenever the deadline is, then you can start pointing your finger at people and going, now, I've, I've seen people cra- crazy. <laughs> your, twi- your Twitter finger. Yeah. Rob Newman, is like, he can't do no wrong in some fans' eyes this morning. Yeah. Like, so hang on, six months ago, you were going... So for those who don't know, Rob Newman, Jonesy's the... Uh... He's the head of recruitment now. Yeah. Uh, we were all asking questions about what he was actually doing at the club back in January. And some people were even pointing fingers at him at the beginning of the summer. I've, I've seen someone on Twitter going, finally, we're, we're seeing the, the merits of Rob Newman's ability in the transfer window. What are you talking about? I don't understand. I don't understand. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's heightened by the fact that we've never been more desperate to, to pack our squad with, with players. Mm. But, the same well, yeah, time, but that's what I find funny. There's unnecessary hysteria. One deal doesn't happen. And literally people lose their minds. Mm. Um, But at the moment, Jonesy, I'm going to put this to you. At the moment, we are going to have less first-team squad members than last year. All right, granted, you can promote youngsters or whatever, and hopefully maybe they're ready. Um, One of the ones that looked like he might be ready, AJ, at least he's just been sold. So, (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, I've... 
Um, it, I it's, just, it's, I think, to be honest, it's undeniable, like you said, that the squad depth meant last season couldn't have been even more historic and amazing than it was. Um, I appreciate the need to balance the books. And, and I honestly think, for the first time, I honestly get the impression, as far as last season goes, I, I don't know so much this summer. I'm not so sure. But I genuinely get the impression that I think it was actually, I lean more to the side of it being Moisey who was fussy. I know people love to slag the board out, but there was a couple of things, and it's, it's weird it's weird behaviour from um, the West Ham board or whatever, but there's a couple of, of pieces that were written um, in mainstream newspapers, like columns or editorials or whatever, saying, oh, you know, it's, it's poor that West Ham... Uh, haven't uh, like made money available to David Moyes, blah blah blah, when he's done such a good job. Uh, and there were apologies written in you know in, in prominent uh, newspapers and, and national sports pages, websites, blah blah blah, after legal letters or whatever. Um, and you don't do that, although it's, it seems ridiculous that, you know, legal letters come from West Ham saying, actually, the board did make money available. West Ham fans look at that and it seems petty, a bit like with the uh, the Sunday supplement apology, mm. which was a shambles. Um, they look at that and it seems, it seems petty, but you don't do that unless it's true. Do you know what I mean? You don't go down the legal route unless you're totally sound. And I, I do genuinely get the impression that Moisey was fussy before. And look, he's a He's done so much good things for the club that it's hard to run him down. But if once again, at the beginning of a European campaign, we are short on bodies again, then you, you've got you've got to point the finger at him again, haven't you? I think, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I don't think we will be short on bodies. Uh, I think, yeah, going into that first <laughs> first game, blind faith. First in that first game, we probably it will go into that still needing one or two players. But by the end of the window, we've still got five weeks for the end of the transfer window. Mm. Um we'll have we'll have players for the door and I'm I'm convinced we'll have a, a larger squad than we did uh last season. Uh what people are forgetting is that in years gone by the the final decision on transfers has ultimately been David Sullivan's because he was the majority shareholder. He's no longer the majority shareholder. Kratinsky's come in, what, bought 27% at the club or whatever, so he's no longer majority shareholder at the club. So it goes to, the decisions go to the board now. Um so that's a that's a bonus, really. But a lot of fans are going, Oh, David Sullivan's been tight again. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I, th- I think David Moyes and Newman have far bigger say than they probably ever have. Mm. Uh, particularly David Moyes on who comes and who goes. Obviously, the final, the, the finances and that are sorted out by the board. Mm. Uh, but they've got the final say on, on who, who comes and who goes. Uh, so ultimately, the finger has to go to the, has to be pointed at them if things go wrong, you know, this time next month. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I just think a lot of it, a lot of people are, are, are allowing themselves to get upset over things that aren't actually true. Uh, and more importantly, are completely out of their own control. Right. Um, 
Can I just, sorry, James, just to correct you, I, I just, I've just it flagged up the, when you say he's not the majority shareholder, I don't, uh, at the moment, David Sullivan owns 38.8% of West Ham, David Gold 25.1%, uh, WHU LLC, which is um, Albert J. Smith, the American guy, 8%, other investors 1.1%, and 1890s Holdings, uh, which is Daniel Kratinsky, is 27%. So David yeah. Sullivan still owns the most, but it's not a controlling stake, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It's no longer a, a controlled shareholder, it's probably the uh, controlling shareholder, which is probably the terminology I should have used. But yeah, that's essentially Yeah, it. okay, cool, yeah. That's essentially it. It doesn't... Yeah. It means he doesn't get the final not, say. He's not the 100% guy anymore, yeah. yeah. He, can't, he can't sign sign it off, always to go go to the board and everyone has their say yeah. on it and everyone has a vote to it. Um. But yeah, yeah. I just think um, you know we 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 just need to take a step back and go. Well, you know, it's out of our control first and foremost. So mm. chill out. Secondly, it's not our money. So well, some of it is. Some of it is, but I mean, it's not really. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't care whether we pay fifty million or fifty quid for a player. Like, like. Cup record fee, you're like, okay, the geezer must be good, but I'm not really that bothered about the fee. Especially in Hell Air. Yeah. So, like, oh, that's a lot of money for a player, but I don't really care. It, we could have paid 25 quid for him and it wouldn't have bothered me. Hmm. Um, Craig Dawson, example. Yeah. Selling players is a little bit different because you want the club to get the best deal possible for your best assets, i.e. Declan Rice in the future. And i.e. laughably, Grady D. Garner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you want... <laughs> what a deal. You want players to, um, you know, you want the club to to profit out of these out of these deals. But in terms of what they spend the money on, it's like oh, whatever. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I've got a gripe on is loans. There was the rumours that we were going to loan Brozier rather than pay thirty million quid for him, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "No, what are you doing?" It's like, "No, that's a better deal." Because if he turns out to be rubbish, we go and yeah. keep him. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Keep him. Loans are the best thing to happen. Yeah, in football. yeah. With it's loan a with an option to buy. With an option to buy, yeah. You want to yeah. try and get that clause in if you can. But if you can't... They're the one, aren't they? Um, but loans are the best thing since it starts spreading football for, for football clubs because it's like, well, great. I'll try before I buy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. But you can answer, oh, like, I think there was, a, there was a couple of years ago where fans were calling West Ham Loan FC. We were trying to loan everyone. And it was like, well, you know, probably okay. it's actually quite a good deal yeah. really, if you can do it. Probably quite a good idea, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But other than that, we're, we're on the verge of signing some players, mate. So, right, well, days. talk to me coming in, Jonesy, because um, you'll appreciate mine and many West Ham fans' scepticism or cynicism around such state, bold statements. Uh, obviously, coming from an esteemed podcaster uh, such as yourself, uh, it may come with somewhat more gravitas, but I'm afraid you're still going to need to back that up with uh, some either information... Or just just convince the doubters, of which I am one, um, that these deals are close. Gianluca Scamacca is the one that's been rumbling on for days now, it seems. Um, I'd just like to note, by the way, with the Lingard thing, I heard a little whisper um, that the... Because David Moyes at the start of the summer was quite uh, adamant that he was like, no, you know what, we're not that worried. We'd like to have him back and we're not going to chase him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then since then, 
that stance appeared to have changed. Uh, the club were willing to uh, to sanction the um, sanction a deal for Jesse uh, up to a certain level. Um, Jesse wanted more than that, and there was some sort of internal uh, discussions, shall we say, internal discussions at the club um, as to. You know, for sort of Moisey's stance seemed to change the more the summer went on as far as you know, not necessarily willing to chase him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and was was more and more keen. But on that Lingard thing, before we move on to who else we might sign, I'd just like to say right now that I am absolutely okay with us not having signed Jesse Lingard mm. at the sort of money they're talking about him getting at Nottingham Forest. I don't think he was that asked about. He's clearly not not that asked about West Ham, as much as he liked to pretend that he was. He didn't. He could have. He had a chance to come back to us uh, well, on two occasions after the the last season finished. Mm-hmm. He could have come in the summer, no and I sort of understand if he had a conversation with Solskjaer, who said he's got half a chance of getting in the team. Then fair enough, because he did play well for us. That was the point of it. But then when he clearly wasn't, he could have come in January. Chose not to do that. And just to sit on sit on his United and do nothing at United for the last six months of his deal. Um, and then this summer, it's like West Ham, I know for a fact it was a reasonable, like it was a decent package. It certainly wasn't to be sneezed at. And it's not something that if you heard the numbers, you'd go, oh, blimey, that's a bit much for Lingard. Or, oh, that's that's a bit cheap. It was neat. It was like a fair enough, like understanding as well that, he was a free transfer, so you're not paying the transfer fee. Um, like it was a decent old, it was a decent old hit, and not a million miles away from um, what he was after uh, when West Ham were interested in January and and before that. Um, and then the numbers, yeah, the figures that he's, he's report, he's just held out, gone to Nottingham Forest. You can't tell me that that football project is better. And all right, he's a decent old like bit of money extra every week. And it's okay, but all of this stuff, you know, that he loves West Ham and he wants to come home and all that sort of rubbish. I am personally really pleased that he hasn't come back. I, I, I was of the. My thought was, if we get him, he's a good. It's a. It's, a, it's another. It's another body. Uh, it's a good player to have in the squad. He knows the, he's not going to need any bedding in period. Like he's not going to have to settle in. Like he knows the players. He knows the manager. He knows the area. He knows the club. Uh, so I thought, okay, on a free transfer, it's a good bit of business if we can get him in. But if we don't get him, then, you know, we did all right last season without him. Um, so... We did phenomenally he, last season without him, yeah. Is he is he really going to... He's not going to take us to the next level. It's not a signing. It's not a free transfer that you go, blimey, have we done that? Have we pulled it? He's going to significantly improve us. Yeah. So, and there's no guarantee he delivers the same level of performance. Well, that's he it. I mean, last time round, he's got less to prove now. He's not that getting was in always the English the squad. That if we bring him back, fans are automatically going to expect the Jesse Lingard that we had the second half of yeah. 2021 season. Um, and it was never going to happen. Yeah, he might have the odd, the odd really good game. Uh, the fact he's gone for, to Forest says a lot about the type of. Well, a lot about his his ambition as a footballer, mm. oh, particularly as it's a one year deal as well. He's gone. I'm going to a relegation candidate. I'm coming for the extra money, but I'm also I'm not hanging about if we go down. So I want a one year deal or nothing, right? Um, God, no, no idea what Forrester thinking for a start. 
and the amount of money that's costing them. Uh, His, and... they're, they're, they're highest earner. I understand. I maybe, maybe I'm pretty sure. I understand their highest earner last season was nineteen thousand pounds a week. This is the problem, and mate. If the if the reports of the figures, it's, it's at least six times more he's yeah. getting that for, uh, than their highest earner. You've got you've got ten ten new players. Ten players had arrived before him this summer. Uh, guarantee no, and none of them are anywhere near the money he's on now. If I'm mm. one of those new signings that arrived for say nineteen grand a week, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at going. Hang on. I've just signed for the club. Sorry, I think that well, was at the end of last season, like news. So there's but, wages at the end of last season. So say, say, signed... I've, say I've signed for the club this summer on roughly mm. 19 grand a week, 20 grand a week, which wouldn't be out of the question really, given they've only just come up. Yeah, they might have a little bit of money. <laughs> what, you signed in for them for that money? I yeah, thought yeah, I'd say that mate. is out of yeah. the question, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, still, I reckon I can still do it. I do have a goal, I do have a goal at a Premier League grand. 19 so. grand a week, yeah, go on. But yeah, um, if I'm one of those new players coming in, even if it's more than 19 grand a week, I'm still looking at the club going, hang on. Why have he, why is he coming and earning six times more than me? Mm. Straight off the bat. So there's going to be players in that squad that aren't going to be best pleased the fact that Jesse Lingard's arrived on a money that he's on and he's only got a one-year deal. Mm. Now it's a one-year deal. I'm less baffled by Nottingham Forest doing the deal. When it first came out, it was a three-year deal. I was like, what on earth are you doing? Because if you go down, you've got a very expensive problem on your hands and no one's mm. taking him at the money he's on uh, after one year, like a 30-year-old on that sort of money. So it's a one-year deal. They'll wash their hands of him probably in a year's time. Mm. But uh, it's what it is. I think we've dodged a bullet given the fact he's picked them over us. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And he's clearly he's gone for the money. Uh, but it's led to me having a really weird, irrational dislike to Nottingham Forest and their fans now. <laughs> some, some of their fans on social media oh my word like, I literally just tweeted it but I was like I can't believe Nottingham Forest are doing this deal it's just like baffling I had a Forest, Forest fan go well Nottingham Forest have showed more ambition um, than West Ham have ever done and we've been out of the Premier League for 23 years I was like mate what are you talking about just on one bloke yeah just on a 29 year old yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've I now really, really hope not in the first go down. Not because they signed Lingard, but because their fans are really touchy, really, really touchy. <laughs> I really well, want... yeah. I, I must admit, I was of that opinion. Like same when when Leeds were coming back up, I was like, it'd be good to get Leeds back in the league. I thought it'd be brilliant to get Forest back. And last season, I was like, yeah, I hope Leeds go down again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sure it'd be the same this year. Call up Talk Sport. Uh, Carlton Cole was one of the one of the guys, and uh, a Forest fan go. Hear me out. I really think, I really think Nottingham Forest is going to finish above West Ham next season. The Carlton Carl's laughing at him down the phone. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, what, on what basis do you think that that's actually going to happen? I mean, it might, it could happen. Like, but what are you basing that opinion on? Like, genuinely, <laughs> like, well, just because you signed Jesse Lingard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I hope they get relegated. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. So come on. Sorry, we 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 ventured into it just yes. now. One thing I will say before I forget, um, I mentioned it just now. Uh we'll reiterate at the end, of course. But all the best to Sebastian Haller. Um found a testicular tumour um the other day when he was training for Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, um 
Yeah, some views uh, um, about him among West Ham fans and his value for money and all that sort of thing. But as with anything like this, um, something like that and the humanity of the situation is so much more important than football. Doesn't matter how much money you got, how healthy you are, whatever these things can happen to all of us. Obviously, Jonesy raising money last year for the DT Thirty Eight Dylan Tombidi's Foundation just vital um, for you to check yourselves out lads whenever you can if you're in the shower whatever it is um tracy and all those guys at the dt38 foundation push that message obviously we send all the very best to sebastian and hope that he pulls through as quickly as possible um gets back to playing footy and you know he's fighting fit and healthy for his family and all that sort of thing so uh, all the best to sebastian in your hopeful recovery um from that at the moment just a reminder uh, especially thanks for our work that we do with the DT38 Foundation. Jonesy and I do it on the reg as well. Just check yourself, lads, um, in the shower, where, whenever it is. And if there's anything uh, that's new or you feel a bit uh, concerned about it, just head down to your GP and get it checked out. Jonesy, transfers. West Ham, you're telling me they're going to sign some players. Make me believe you. So the, the nearest one is Gianluca Scamacca from um, Sassuolo. Six foot four, I think. I've seen a couple of videos of him popping around on social media. The guy's absolutely massive, almost yeah. so massive that so that massive that it almost looks like you know that FIFA glitch where players are just bigger than everyone else on the pitch, <laughs> yeah. like over <laughs> oversized. It's like yeah. that, it's like blimey. But the, the bloke can finish. Uh, he scored for Sesuolo. He scored, I think. He's 16. not finish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's nice not bloke. finish. He's twenty nine. Sixteen goals in Serie A last season for Sesuolo. So not to be sniffed at. Um, yeah. Good in the air, obviously, because he's about nine foot eight. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, looks looks a player. Only 22, 23. Yeah. Um, signing him for 30 million quid. I think 5 million add-ons. Um, he's actually, according to sources, uh, on his way to London today. Right. To, so, to who, whose sources? Where have you looked um, there? Uh, a source at work. Uh, <laughs> right, school. Okay. But, yeah, sorry, but, I don't mean to laugh. You do work for a, a reputable work for a... football media organisation. <laughs> exactly, <certainly>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> a source at work, but it's being widely reported on social media as well that yeah, he's on yeah, his yeah. way. Um, yeah. Jack Russell so... as well, a friend of the podcast, yep. uh, formerly the Evening Standard, now of Sunsport, been on top of that one all summer as well. Um, assures me that that one is as good as over the line. So, uh, yeah, go on then, uh, Jonesy. Uh, the other one that is... Uh, at a more advanced stage than just uh, rumours is Philip Kostic at, uh, at Stuck, uh, Stuttgart, uh, Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah. Um, obviously, no, we know all about him. Played very well against us over the two links in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, apparently, a 12 million euro fee has been agreed with Frankfurt, but we're yeah. trying to convince him to come because he'd be sacrificing Champions League football yeah. uh, to sign for us. So, something going on there, I don't know. We've offered... Is that- is that a good sign? Sorry, go on, mate. What would you say? We've offered what? Uh, no, I'm just moving on to the next one. So do you want to still talk? No, I was just going to say, is that a good sign um, that we're having to persuade him? Uh, and also, another one I've, I've I've sort of seen a lot of people going, ah, oh, if we had Kostic instead of Cresswell, um, you know, we'd have won the Europa League. Da, da, da. I was of the opinion he's far more of an attacking player, like a winger slash midfielder. Uh, who can sometimes play left wing back? But yeah, people he, more he played on the left wing against us, uh, yeah. but he is experienced at left wing back. Um, right. And I've seen reports that he's coming in to predominantly act as as cover for Creswell, 
but also be a, a left-sided midfielder at the same time. Right. So it's cool. we're going to get a hybrid role out of him. Can um, be a bit of both, yeah. So for 12 million euros, it's it's a, it's a sensible deal, I think. Given mm. that he is 29, I think so. He's um, you know, a couple of good get, years out of him. Yeah, we'll get a few years out of him. But I am. Fact, Go on. The fact the fact is, we've got to convince him because, um, quite rightly, he's probably sitting there going, "Well, yeah, fine." But I've got mm. Champions League football to worry about next year. He's got a year left on his deal, which means yeah. next summer he'll have more options. Does he want to more more salary as well? Probably. Yeah. 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 If it was, if it was me, I think I'd be hanging around in Germany, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Yeah. More money next summer and Champions League football this year after having played a vital part in them um, in getting them Champions League football last year. I think yeah. longer term probably better. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I different stay put. I am led to believe Jonesy. Um, I can't be too sort of certain on this at the moment. Sort of confident enough to say it on the podcast that if that deal was to be done or a deal for a player of similar ilk, that it could spell the end of Arthur Masuaku's time at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I can't sort of. Details-wise, I'm not too sure um, as far as deals in place or anything like that yet. I've heard a couple of whispers, but nothing um, that I could be confident enough to to, to sort of say on the podcast. Um, but to be honest, that's the least surprising thing ever if that were to happen, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. if he comes in and he can provide that cover there, Masuaku's um, just not up to it anymore, is he? I think, I think- I think it was just. I'm surprised he hasn't gone already, off. frankly. Yeah, I think it was yeah. accepted that this is the summer that he goes. So, yeah, if that's yeah. the case, then fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a couple of whispers about clubs, um, but yeah, nothing sort of sure enough yet. But I, it does seem to be that if a transfer of Costage or similar were to be made, that would start a chain reaction, which would likely affect Arthur Masuaku's West Ham career, which of course would devastate me. But yeah, probably time for the King to depart. Anything else? Um, the, the other one that's been going on for a while is Amadou Onana at Lille. Yeah, we're, we're down midfielder. We're midfielder, we're on to our fourth bid, which has risen <laughs> up to 38 million euros now. Um, from our to... first bid of 37.6, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Apparently, um, there's no agreement, like Lille are still holding out for a little bit more. Apparently, uh, but according to Fabrizio Romano, who not to Oof. be sniffed at when it comes to information. No. Uh, although some people will call him a tapping merchant, but <laughs> for another day. Um, he, he, he normally does have correct information one way or another. Whether um, it's his or not. Is whether it's his or not is, is up for debate, yeah. But yeah. Um, he's saying that uh, currently West Ham's priority is getting Skamaka over the line, but then full focus goes to bring in a Nana to, to London Stadium. So what, um, what, what where sort of when you say midfielder, that's quite a broad term these days, holding, attacking, he's, wide, central, he's, he's box holding. to box. He's holding. Right. Obviously we've got Flynn Downs in this uh this summer who um looks looks like a good prospects. Don't really know mm. so much about him. No, an Ipswich fan Ipswich fan I work with um said decent. We said yeah. he'll, he'll make a minimum, he'll be like a, a bit of a journeyman, not journeyman, sorry, but like a, a proper, average, reliable Premier League midfielder for a yeah. few years. So, yeah, the Football um, League, the Football League writers at work uh, on Football League World, they all went, can't believe you're signing him, he's a good player. Hmm. Um, so they were like, yeah, you're gonna have a, and the fact he's a West Ham fan as well helps, yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, so um but yeah, so obviously with Flynn Downs coming in, obviously Suchek and Rice <laughs> in the squad, that gives four four good options in, in central midfield. Mm. Um I think we should expect Rice to see him get a little bit more forward this year if we're signing two older midfielders. Yeah. We should see him get forward a little bit more. So that's good. Whether that happens or not, I don't think that's a long way off. But mm. um the, the two closest appear to be Skamaka, which should be done within the next forty eight hours. Yeah. And then Kostic, which now I'll be quite happy if we got him in. Experienced player, she won the Europa yeah. last year. So, yeah, for sure. Should have uh, got Bastion to ask him about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, man. but um, but yeah, other than that, I think there's one. Zielinski is another one we've been linked with, but I don't know how true that is. Um, so do you think that's just say we pull those deals off, Jonesy? Is that enough? I think so. Yeah. I'd like us to get probably another striker. I think we need three mm. strikers in the round. I know Bowen can play there. Um, I'd like us. I mean, if we can get Brozier in as well. Oh, that would be the one. I think that would be a phenomenal signing. Personally, I'd rather us go all in for Brozier and, and leave Skamaka. Uh, I think the. What? Don't be ridiculous. I'd rather Brozier. Yeah. Stop, Premier League experience. Stop it. We're going to sign another striker and we'll actually have an out and out no. striker rather no. than a converted right back. What I mean is if we're only going to sign one, then for me, I would have preferred Brozier. Well, sign both. For um, ideally, I'd like to sign both. Like, apparently, Chelsea, Chelsea are, are only willing to let him go on loan. Mm. Loan, him get him on loan. loan him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, okay. That's yeah, okay for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stick a, uh, a, a clause in there as you get first dibs on him next summer. Yeah, like, he's not going to play for Chelsea. Tom's Tuchel saying, "Oh, yeah, I really like him. Like, I, 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 I rate him." But you're not going to play him, now, are you? But genuinely, no, you're no. not going to play him. He's not going to play for Chelsea. Yeah. So if we can get Skamakari and get Brozier in, Onana and then Kostic, those four players, I will be happy. I'll be, yeah. I think that because I think Aguero, I know he's injured, probably going to miss the City game. I think he's a very, very good centre back. Um, mm. Spoken to a lot of people and they're like, what on earth are you doing at West Ham? You should be a bigger club. Mm. Um, and I'm like, no bigger than West Ham, but okay, I'll take your point. Um, Who's that yeah. about? Aguero? Red, yeah, apparently yeah. he's he's a very very good player, um, but he's injured. So yeah, who knows? We'll ever see him. So someone said to me, "I went, um, oh yeah, he's got a re- he's got a really really good injury record. Really gets injured. What two days yeah. later, he's, he's really good at getting injured." So, yeah, great, thank you. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Um, Quality stuff, mate. Quality stuff. Well, yeah. look, Jonesy, I think um, good podcast this season. We're going to try and change a few things up but uh, we do appreciate you all bearing with us last year the schedule was a little bit uh, all over the place solely well primarily down to me getting a new job but me and James you've worked something out um, so we've, we've carved out a little time Monday lunch times that works both for us each and every week so we should be back on a little bit more regular um, with the podcast hopefully a little bit tighter on, on time as well we really appreciate you all sticking with us last season we got some absolutely wonderful comments we're both uh, I was going to say we're both rested and recharged um, but I don't know if we're either rested or recharged both of us still look absolutely exhausted from our lives but um, yeah we're, we're ready to go for, for another season Jonesy as much as um, new and improved stuff on the podcast uh, we hope it's going to be better for the guys next season, uh, I think we need to have a little bit of a, um, uh, what's it called? A new season resolution that we watch a few more games together. 
because the ones we did last season, I thoroughly enjoyed. Tottenham away in the League Cup in the home end. Um, you covering up um, the wor- the worst celebration cover-up I've ever seen when Jared Bowen scored. And Kidderminster Harriers away watching it together in uh, the Sports Bar in London Bridge, which was the most harrowing experience and the most disappointed I've ever been for West Ham to win a game of football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this season, mate, I think we need to do that a little bit more. Pretty, pretty more um, nights like Leon, don't we? Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. How Best could I forget that one? Leon away. Oh, Best night ever. Best night ever. Um, but yeah, look, great to see you again, mate. Uh, obviously, that one was a little bit more, a uh, little bit more casual, but we'll have the usual stuff back next week. Opposition views, things like that. No game to look back on, of course, other than the the lawns friendly on, on Saturday, by which time I hope I'll have learned how to say the name of the team properly. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff coming up for We Are West Ham. We appreciate you all sticking with us. Uh, Jonesy, as far as YouTube goes, um, sort of what, what can people expect if, if they're not already subscribers? I think we're going to make a few changes on that front too. Yeah, I think, I think on YouTube... Uh, if you are subscribed, and if you're not, make sure you go over there and, and do subscribe. We're, it's predominantly going to be where we house our uh, opposition view interviews each week. Uh, and then there'll be the odd, you know, during transfer windows, we'll put up sort of, you know, our discussions about transfer windows and uh, and any big talking points. Obviously, last year we had the the, the Pied t- takeover. Pied Capital, yeah. Did, we are West Ham, first interview. First interview with Tony Cotty. Um, and then any exclusive interviews like with Tony Cotty, if we can get him back on this this season, uh, and anyone else that we that we feel is worthy of our YouTube audience. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's mostly in the opposition view because that is by far the most watched segment on YouTube. So we're just gonna strip back all the stuff that doesn't work, keep the stuff that does work, um, and then go from there and then see what else we can do. Absolutely. Hopefully this year, I think uh, a more streamlined we are West Ham. Is uh, is what fans can expect. Am I right, Jonesy? Exactly. Uh, one thing I haven't done um, so far on this podcast uh, is the little bit of housekeeping. Um, you can find Twitter at we are underscore West Ham, Instagram where we are West Ham Pod, Facebook search we are West Ham Podcast. Do the same on YouTube and get over there and subscribe to the channel like Jonesy just mentioned. That's we are West Ham Podcast on YouTube. You can email us if you so wish at we are West Ham Pod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast below. Uh, we try and reply on most platforms, to be honest. I get a few messages through Instagram as well. Me and Jonesy are on Twitter. Uh, I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones are our personal profiles. Get in touch with us um, there or Instagram, wherever you fancy. We do reply to you uh, as often as we can. Don't forget, as many of you did last season, you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Plenty of you did that last season, especially towards the end. Uh, bought us a few pints just to say thanks for all your efforts. We really, really appreciate all of you guys who did that. So that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Um, and the beers start from as little as a five at a time if you fancy going over there that's it for the first podcast of the campaign somewhat of a soft launch jonesy a little bit of a chat about pre-season third degree sunburn on your legs you turning 34 much of the incredulity of that barmaid that mysterious barmaid (laughs) that doesn't exist at your local pub uh, and your good pal will pew it's been a good one normal service to resume normal more streamlined service hopefully to resume next week uh thanks for listening everyone 
We hope you're glad we're back. We certainly are. We'll see you for the first We Are West Ham podcast of the season proper next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.